shining a light on autism and life as an autistic person. Welcome to My Friend Autism, a podcast breaking down barriers, stigma and misconceptions around autism while increasing understanding and acceptance of the autistic community. And now, here's your neurodivergent host, Orion Kelly. Hey there. Welcome, my friend. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. I'm O'Ryan Kelly, that autistic guy. I'm all about helping you raise your level of understanding, acceptance, and appreciation of the autistic community. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you've come to the right place, and I'm inviting you to join the most amazing autistic community on my YouTube channel. I've got a couple. So you're obviously watching right now or listening to this podcast, My Friend Autism. Thank you for listening to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're watching it on the podcast YouTube channel, thank you too. So I do have a dedicated, purpose-built, video podcast-only YouTube channel. Nothing but video podcasts. It's called Orion Kelly Podcast. You can find it on YouTube. There's also my primary YouTube channel, Orion Kelly, That Autistic Guy. By joining that community, you're going to get, honestly and truly, you're going to meet a whole heap of autistic people from all over the planet commenting on videos and chatting and live streams all the time. So please join this amazing autistic community. Now, I want to start with a preemptive strike. (laughs) On this video podcast, we want to explore the topic of autism and women and the challenges of diagnosis. And the preemptive strike is I'm not a woman. I'm, I've been told I'm a man. I'm just getting confirmation. Yes, I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> well, Orion, if you're a dude, if you're a man, why are you doing a video on women? You're not a, a woman. Okay, fair enough. Good question. And my preemptive strike is this. I don't speak on behalf of others. I don't pretend to. I don't try to. All my videos are based on me and my experiences. It just so happens that from time to time, not not often, <laughs> from time to time, a lot of people tend to watch my videos and listen to my podcasts. And I might as well do something with that to help other people. So while I'm not speaking on behalf of autistic women, I'm going to use my spotlight to shine some light on the challenges faced by, wom- by women on their road to diagnosis. And that's my piece. Have an issue with that, that's fine. I respect that. What do you want me to do? I don't know. (laughs) Let's just move on. Let's just talk about it. Because not only have I done a fair bit of looking into this and a fair bit of research and, and talking to people, but you know what? I can also shine a light from the point of view of late diagnosis. Because when I said the topic, I didn't say girls or kids. I said women and autism. Now, whether you're a man, a woman, or whatever else is there in between, 
I don't know, non-binary, whatever there are. I don't. I can't keep. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I can't keep up. I don't. I. I've got nothing wrong with them. I just don't. I can't keep up. I don't. I've got enough to worry about in my life. I can't keep up with. So anyway, I don't know. I've been. I've been watching the Sweet Tooth show. With maybe you're a hybrid. I don't know. Okay. Either way, I, I'm just. I'm. I love and respect everyone. Okay. That's all. I've just let's just say that. I think I can help you regardless because I'm a late diagnosed autistic person, meaning I got a diagnosis in adulthood later in life. So I think we can, we can use that as well. All right, so let's dive in. Autism and women and the challenges of a diagnosis. Now, we know that autism is a neurodevelopmental condition, a neurodevelopmental disability. It presents with challenges in social communication and interaction. It also, it also presents with repetitive and restricted behaviors and interests, among other things. All right, but not all autistic people can fit that stereotypical portrayal of autism as per how it's portrayed in mainstream media and even by, look, old school, ignorant, outdated, undereducated medical professionals, people who have been going for so long, they refuse to believe there's anything more to learn and they therefore don't do their job effectively. Some autistic women can develop what we class as high masking skills, as in the ability to camouflage or suppress autistic traits. Therefore, they're hiding their differences, right? They're blending in. They're blending into their neurotypical peers. As a result of that, the hiding and the blending in, that can make it even harder to diagnose them as an autistic person. So this is where it starts to get a bit complicated. So instead of making it complicated, let's just go through it bit by bit, okay? So let's talk about the challenges of diagnosis for high-masking autistic women. The reason why I say high-masking is because let's, let's assume, based on the premise of the stereotypical portrayal of autism and autistic people, let's assume that there are a class of autistic people who will have much higher support and care needs than some other autistic people, although I always like to say that support and care needs are fluid. They're always different. It doesn't mean that mine will ever be as, as, well, as severe, as intense, as high, as significant, as extreme, whatever word you want to put on it, as others. But it doesn't mean that they'll always be the same. They're fluid. And that's based on the world around us. We're autistic people. We have a different brain. All right. So what I'm trying to say is a lot of times that will be picked up. That will be diagnosed because it's just bloody obvious. But for girls, it still might be misdiagnosed. And that's an issue, right? There's a lot of misdiagnosis issues. We'll talk about those as well. Okay. So the core traits of autism are, are the same. People can say there's, oh, well, there's male traits, there's female traits. Well, okay. What I'm saying is the core traits of autism are the same in both men and women. Now, one of the biggest challenges in diagnosing autism in women, again, we're talking about high masking autistic women who've been able to blend into some degree. One of the big challenges is that the diagnostic criteria, as we've talked about, is originally based on observations of autistic boys, potentially men. As a rule, young 
white boys. And then potentially older white boys. And then potentially white men. It leaves a lot of the population out. So this means signs and symptoms of autism may present differently in women or be overlooked altogether. Some of the reasons why autism may be underdiagnosed in women include, and let's go through them one by one, let's talk about the stuff we've already put on the table, masking. So social masking. All right, let's talk about this. Why is this an issue? So how is it that autistic, undiagnosed autistic boys seem to get a, a diagnosis easier, even autistic men? Is it because women are just better at masking or fitting in or camouflaging? Psychology will tell you that women, as a rule, are more agreeable than men, as a rule. That's not me. I'm saying that psychology will tell you that. Okay, well, then if women are more agreeable and more pleasant and more friendly, then, yeah, they're going to, they're going to blend in more, where if there's no real emphasis placed more, and, and more to that, psychology may suggest that boys and men don't have the same abilities or levels to be agreeable or friendly or, or whatever you want to say than girls and women. Well, that's going to make it much easier to diagnose it from an old school point of view, a historical point of view. And again, this is we're talking about this to put the issues on the table. Okay. So autistic women can develop high masking skills, the ability to camouflage, to fit in, to blend in. They blend in with their peers from school right through to socialising, dating, work, right? It's also suggested they have higher levels of social motivation than autistic men. And that may contribute to their social masking skills. Social motivation, huh? Look, in simple terms from what I can gather, it basically refers to this drive, this desire to interact with others, to form social connections. So while social motivation is typically lower in autistic people, research would suggest that, research has also found that autistic women may have higher levels of social motivation than autistic men, which I don't really think is a big thing. You know, I mean, it's not really a research point. Is If we already know from a basic premise that that is the case in neurotypical men and women, well, then it would stand to reason that it would be probably similar in autistic men and women. But again, Take it with a grain of salt. All right. So let's, let's just take it with a grain of salt and say that is the case. So undiagnosed autistic women may have higher levels of social motivation, as, as in a drive, a desire to interact with others, to form social connections, then, and, you know, say, undiagnosed autistic men or diagnosed. This can contribute, obviously, to their social masking skills. And therefore, they may be more motivated to learn the behaviours, to mimic their peers, to camouflage, to suppress, to mask, to fit in, to feel accepted. So you can see already from a, a social masking point of view, a social motivation point of view, just the idea of being a woman is already placing you behind the eight ball with a diagnosis. Again, 
because of the lack of sophistication the diagnostic model still has today, traditionally, historically, still stuck in, I don't know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, wherever. It's not good. So I'm not saying these are the answers, these are right wrong. I'm just trying to have a conversation with you about some of the things that can be barriers to diagnosis. Studies have also found that autistic women may be better at recognising and interpreting emotional expressions, better at that than autistic men, despite, despite having similar difficulties with social interaction and communication as autistic people. All right, so why? It may be due to differences in their brain function, processing, as well as differences in socializing and experiences. You know, brain stuff, I'm, I'm talking in general terms, but again, you know, so if there's, some, if there's some suggestion that women may have higher levels from the get-go of social motivation, then that makes sense, right? Okay. So I guess a quick example is women may be more likely to receive some form of social training, some form of social cues from their parents, their grandparents, their extended family, maybe even their peers. Well, that helps them develop those skills from an early age. It's honed and then it's ingrained. From the most basic premise, I guess the question I'm raising is, do you think it's possible that growing up as a girl there's more emphasis, there's more focus placed upon you to be as agreeable and friendly and social as possible. And as a boy, you're kind of left to your own devices and it doesn't really matter. You can just be what you want to be. If that's, if that's a thought that, that may resonate, you can see how that could filter in. Because so Okay, so if that's the case, and that, let's say that does happen, and your mum, your dad, your auntie, your uncle, your grandparents, your family, let's just say there's these kind of almost subconscious uh, exercises, lessons, training in social cues, in socialization, in social training. Well, then you're going to unknowingly develop these skills over time and become really bloody good at them. But if the, the reverse is that, that never happens for boys, they're never going to develop those skills over time and they're never going to be good at them. And they're going to stand out like a sore thumb as opposed to a highly tuned high-masking autistic woman. All right, so I guess we've started to, to delve into gender stereotype stuff here. So let's talk about this. So this is stereotype, right? I guess you get it. The gender kind of bias of autism, it's a guy thing. Yeah, it's a boy thing. That's a male thing. It's a white man thing, right? There's all these different stereotypes. So as a result, Clinicians subconsciously or even consciously believing this is, this is the fact, they may be less likely to even consider autism as a diagnosis for, for high-masking, undiagnosed autistic women. No, no, I think, I think you're more, you might be borderline personality disorder, maybe, I don't know, maybe you've just got some sensory sensitivities, I'm not too sure, anxiety, but no, it can't possibly be autism. This can't possibly be. Why? Because it's, you're a, uh, not a boy. Good one. Research suggests the diagnostic criteria for autism 
may not accurately capture the presentation of symptoms in girls. Oh, really? Oh, really? Wow. There's some money put to good use. (laughs) Well done, doctor. Great work. Why is this, by the way? Well, girls, they tend to present differently, right? Because they're good, like we just said, they can mask, they can suppress, they can hide, they can camouflage their difficulties more effectively, more effectively than not only the, the men that are looking for diagnosis, but same for girls and boys. As a result, you've got healthcare professionals not even aware of the unique ways in which autism can present in women, in autistic women, high-masking autistic women. What happens? Like we just said, it leads to misdiagnosis and underdiagnosis. Autistic women, they can face many different barriers, gender-related. So I guess there's those barriers to diagnosis due to the social and cultural expectations that we talked about around women. Girls, is there, um, it's again, it's a conversation. Do you think there's greater expectations upon girls and women to be more socially and emotionally intelligent than boys and men? Do you, if you do, well, then that's going to be an issue, right? Those expectations are going to cause them to be, to, at some point, whether they're autistic or not, be presumably better at it, more connected than boys and men. Okay, fair enough. There's also like just the basic gender role expectations. Uh, I think we, and this is, this isn't a gender role expectations podcast, but you see what I'm saying? Let's say, put that on the table. Is there a stigma around women being autistic as opposed to men? As in, is it, is it better or easier or more believable? Or can you accept it easier? Coming from me, I'm a guy, I'm autistic. Then a woman. Again, just a question, not a statement. Is there a stigma based around being autistic if you're a woman, which is stronger or higher or even more existent than for men? Just a little barriers here. You can see how the barriers start to, to add up. So I guess, you know, from, from an early age, women may be expected to be more social, like we talked about, but also more caring more empathetic, more motherly. See, there's, a, there's, there's gender bias, there's gender expectations, there's, there's that stigma. Well, you're supposed to be caring and motherly, instinctual, but you come across cold. And, you know, the, all, the, all the, the obvious autistic things and robotic and emotionless. And a, what? Wow, that's not how a woman acts. More barriers. And what happens then, right? So... If, if you're, a, if you're a, a woman and you're expected to be more social and empathetic, well, I guess you try to be. If there's an expectation placed upon you for long enough, you try to meet that expectation. So then that leads to those difficulties being overlooked or attributed to other things, shyness, anxiety. Research has also found that autistic women may have higher rates of eating disorders and other self injurious behaviours than autistic men. That, again, may be based on a lot of things we talked about. Just the pure expectations and stigma related to, to women as opposed to men. And that may be one of the reasons. There's lots of factors. Sensory processing, social pressures, 
I guess there's also that pressure right to conform to how a woman should look, the beauty standards of how a woman should act and look and dress. I guess that there's that there too. Coping mechanisms for stress and anxiety. Other things. So, again, I want this podcast to be a conversation. I'm just using, I'm just using the, the light that I have to shine it on something that needs to be talked about. So I hope the conversation is helpful and I hope it gets more people talking about it and thinking about it. Because as a late-diagnosed autistic guy, I know how important a diagnosis can be. Later in life, it comes with challenges, but it also comes with many advantages and benefits. And if it's another step harder for an undiagnosed woman to receive that autistic recognition than it was for me, God help you, because it wasn't easy. It's not easy for adults. So that's why I think it's really important to talk about some of these barriers, try to knock down some of these barriers. All right. Another barrier, another diagnostic issue is around like we talked about these co-occurring health conditions even mental health conditions because like we've talked everything we've talked about resulted in this kind of misdiagnosis oh you're not autistic can't that's not possible but you're this or you're that or you've got this or you've got that all right again studies suggest that women who are autistic are more likely to experience co-occurring mental health conditions, things like anxiety and depression, more than men. Now, I don't just mean stand, I mean more than autistic men, who already, trust me, that if you're autistic, you're going to have some co-occurring conditions. I think that's just a given. Now, if that's the case, what's going to happen? Well, don't you think some of those co-occurring mental health conditions or health conditions may actually overshadow those autistic traits that you are required to kind of present for a diagnosis? And then therefore, don't you think that will then lead to a misdiagnosis? And again, how, how does this come about? Unique social, emotional challenges that autistic women face that stigma, this discrimination. And when I say stigma and discrimination, I mean there's a stigma and a discrimination potentially that you face as a woman who is autistic. As a woman diagnosed with a neurodevelopmental disability condition, you may face a greater stigma or discrimination than a guy. And I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's another thought, another idea. Again, probably a gender expectation. But it, you know, like if you think, so I'm an autistic guy. If you think that I don't face stigma and discrimination on a daily basis, you're wrong. I'm just saying, potentially, it's even more significant for undiagnosed women. It's also been suggested autistic women are more likely to experience bullying and victimization than autistic men. And that obviously contributes to mental health struggles, which therefore creates this. In a way, I guess you could say these easier to read mental health concern indicators that overshadow or get in the way of an autism diagnosis. Obviously, autistic people, guys, girls, boys, women, whatever. 
all face bullying, victimization, harassment. That's just a daily thing. But we're putting it out there from the premise and through the lens of an undiagnosed autistic woman. All right. I want to just touch on some, some signs here. We've really, obviously, we've got to work towards understanding unique experiences and challenges that autistic women face. We need to tailor diagnostic and support services accordingly. We need to update and we need to, be, we need to become sophisticated. We need to drag ourselves out of the 1960s here. One way to do that is to talk through some of, it doesn't mean the traits are different for men and women, but it means they can present differently. So let's talk about how the traits can present differently for autistic women. So we've talked about social communication. That's a clear feature. It's a clear trait. Social communication and interaction difficulties. Can it manifest differently in high-masking autistic women? Well, like we said, they've been taught from early age to mimic their peers, to fit in, to appear normal. However, there are still some signs you can look out for. Difficulty initiating or maintaining conversations, especially in group settings. Unusual or repetitive use of language. Now, this can be formal, pedantic. You, you get the idea. Difficulty with nonverbal communication. See, I think as a rule, women tend to be very good at reading signs, nonverbal, that kind of stuff. But as an undiagnosed autistic woman, this might be a challenge for you. Like eye, eye contact, facial expressions, social rules, subtle social cues, that kind of stuff. Is that a difficulty? A tendency to take things very literally or just a plain difficulty with sarcasm, with metaphors, with irony. Maybe a difficulty in switching between topics or activities. There's the sensory stuff. High-masking autistic women, again, may have honed many skills over time due to many of the barriers we've talked about. They may also experience differences in how they process sensory information, sensory input. You could be hypersensitive, hyper, right? ER, hyper, over an overreaction, an overexperience of sensory input, or hyposensitive, underreaction, sensory input. I'm asking autistic women may have a difficulty in filtering out background noise or distractions, avoidance of certain textures, sounds, smells. An overstimulation in crowded, noisy environments. I hate those places. I mean, who doesn't? But anyway, I guess people, some people don't. Maybe a sensory seeker. You might, you know, so you do behaviors, actions, and you may be restricted or repetitive, that seek a sensation that makes you feel good. It could be a physical thing. I'm not gonna like that's that's something that you you can relate to in your own way. I can't. Generic examples aren't helpful. You might have repetitive behaviours and interests. Okay, cool. Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Come in, there's plenty of room. You might have a hypersensitivity to noise, to light, to textures, to smells, or a difficulty with proprioception. I love saying that word. <laughs> Sorry, what? You know, like the awareness of your body in space, right? So you might have a difficulty with the awareness of your body in space. I do. Man, I'm horrible at that stuff. Banging into people, banging into walls and doors and like... And people always look just so horrified. Like, how 
dare you? I pass my wife in the in the house and accidentally get in her way or bang into her accident. She looks at me like, what have you done? Sorry. All right, another, <laughs> another group of signs to look out for, repetitive behaviours and interests. Again, for high-masking autistic women, that can be less obvious, right? The skills built up. There's still some to look out for. So intense or narrow interests that dominate your thoughts and conversations. Sensory or stimming behaviours. Again, examples are tough. Like there's always the generic ones like hand flapping and tapping. Great, good. They rhyme and they sound fantastic. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, we all do odd sensory. I mean, doing things with my fingers and like, I mean, hair and like, you know what I'm saying? You may have a preference for routine and predictability. You may have a difficulty with unexpected changes or transitions. Hate them, stop them, ban them. A difficulty with executive functioning skills, such as time management, planning, organization, prioritization, multitasking, which is a myth. But you see what I'm saying? There's clearly a greater awareness here required, a greater understanding and support for autistic women. So, you know, I can't encapsulate all the signs, the traits. Like, that's not possible. And this is not, this isn't a diagnostic podcast this is a video i guess critiquing the diagnostic process for undiagnosed autistic adults but more specifically undiagnosed autistic women and i preface it with high masking because high masking insinuates there are additional barriers as you have grown up and been provided with skills and the abilities and you may have support and care needs that um, are lower than others who may have presented earlier in life and how that all filters through to a diagnostic impact. So that's the video. The video is not about diagnosing you. The video is about these are the reasons why it's probably been so hard for you if you are an undiagnosed autistic woman or if you're recently diagnosed. You may have gone through these. You may have related to these. There may be more to add. And you should add them in the comments. Put them in the comments. We'd love to hear them, read them, talk about them. But I guess the point here is it, it's gone to the days where it can be accepted. Enough is enough. Seriously, we need to address the barriers. We need to address the barriers faced by undiagnosed autistic women and really undiagnosed autistic adults. The barriers to diagnosis. We need to provide tailored support and resources. We need to help ensure that autistic women receive the best possible care and support, like all other autistic people deserve, and many don't get. So this isn't even a gender thing. This is the understanding that high-masking autistic adults, men or women, or in between, sweet-tooth hybrids, whatever, you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to say, it doesn't matter either way. We need to ensure that the diagnostic criteria and the level of understanding and education by the healthcare professionals undertaking these assessments is improved beyond a measure. It is not sophisticated. It is unsatisfactory at its current level. We need to work harder. This is ridiculous and stupid. 
It is ridiculous and stupid, the life outcomes of undiagnosed or late-diagnosed autistic people let down by a medical profession who refuse, who are being dragged, kicking and screaming into the era where we know far more than they think they know about autism, about the brain. This has to happen now. This is important because these people, their partners, their parents, their brothers, sisters, friends, employees, employers, but more importantly, they're humans. They're not a subcategory of humans. They're humans. We are humans, just like everyone else. And the idea that we can continue to stay in this 1960s mindset where you are only autistic if you are severely, highly dependent on care and support and you're a young boy, that you could possibly be autistic. Every autistic person is different. Everyone already knows that. We understand that. But we're not acknowledging it in the diagnostic process. And for late-diagnosed autistic people, this can be a game-changer, a lifesaver, or a death sentence if we get it wrong. And we need to get it right. I hope that makes sense. You know, the barriers to diagnosis for late-diagnosed autistic people are just horrific. They're really horrible. And, you know, potentially even more damaging and harder to crack for high-masking autistic women. But for all those high-masking autistic people, regardless, I would say this to you. If it's important to you, if it's something you want to, you want to look into, do it. Don't let people talk you out of it. Do your homework. Find people who know what they're talking about. Don't just go to the first person that a, a, a GP or family doctor refers you to based on just a, a list. You need to do your own research. You're looking for people who specialize in this area, who can give you a genuine up-to-date assessment. That's my advice to you. I think it's something that only you can decide, but that will be the core advice. Do your homework. Be prepared. Find people who actually understand, who have taken the time to learn and grow and evolve as healthcare professionals, to actually do their job and care for people who require care. My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. Catch up on all the episodes at orionkelly.com.au. Once again, I am so grateful for you watching or listening to this video podcast. I really do appreciate it. Please check out the YouTube video podcast channel, Orion Kelly Podcasts, my primary YouTube channel as well, Orion Kelly, That Autistic Guy. Hey, did I mention that I, I put a book out? Yeah, I've got an actual real-life book. If you want me to sign it personally, you can go to my website and, and get it from there. Or if you'd rather, you can just buy it from you know, the Amazons of this world worldwide and get it standard stock delivered stuff <laughs> well said well well said we are here my friends to raise the quality of life of autistic people and thanks to you for watching and sharing the videos and the podcasts and doing your bit to learn more oh, we are getting there and i really do appreciate it. without you we couldn't have done this so thank you so much thank you so much for your support thank you so much for watching and listening until the next video or podcast i appreciate your support Talk soon. You've been listening to My Friend Autism with Orion Kelly. To join the conversation.
conversation, get in touch with Orion and binge all the podcasts, blogs and videos, visit orionkelly.com.au.